Let me give you a great story. And it hasn't happened yet, but this is their plan. So I, I have a couple and they're selling the family home, the big family, you know, the big house mm-hmm. downsized to a villa, but they also want to buy a cottage up in the Irish Hills area. At their age, they can put about half down and never have a mortgage payment again on the house down here. So all I got to do is pay the tax insurance with half down. And what that allows them to do is put half down here, never have a payment. Don't worry about that one. Let that, you know, when that one's gone, get, sell it and move on because the kids won't want to be there anyways because it's not in a community that the kids want to be in. But they're going to then pay cash and put in a trust, that vacation home in Michigan, because now they have enough money between the two transactions to pay cash for that one up there. And the legacy to the kids will be the vacation home. And they still don't have a payment down here. And there would not have been enough money to make all that happen. And he said to me as recently as Friday, he said, Marty, this is like my dream because now I don't have to worry financially. And I get to enjoy that cottage when I'm still young enough because their plan was to save and save and save. And he's not quite retired. He's going to work some more and work and work and work. And he's like, the hell with it now. I'm not working Saturdays and Sundays. I'm not doing all this stuff. I'm going to the cottage now while I'm still young enough to enjoy it. Y'all ready for this? Welcome to the Dan DeVerna Podcast, where we talk about business, life, and how to win it both. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Daniel DeVerna, and I'm here today with Marty Bin uh, with, uh, with Fairway, and he does mortgages every single day, right? Every day for the last 27 years. It's <laughs> awesome. what I do. I, I, I must have a sickness that can't be healed because I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you find something that you enjoy doing, it's not really work. And, and every day is a lot easier than those people that are grinding, you know? Uh, we The Saturday before Mother's Day, so a week ago, I talked to three different people mid-afternoon Saturday who were jumping in or had, had problems with other lenders. All three of them got contracts on houses this last weekend, and I got to get to work on them this morning. And uh, two of them last night were happy, crying tears. And you know, there's nothing better than when you can help somebody real, realize that dream of home ownership. That is awesome. Yeah, that's fun. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, 27 years—that's a—that's notable. But uh, what's the background? What brought you into this? And and what are you doing specifically now? You know, I have a great story on that. So you know what title insurance is, I'm sure. So I was an 18-year-old young man. There was a set of sheriff sales out in South Shore Park in Oregon where I grew up, a bunch of empty lots. Many of them were 40 by 80. Not the house, the lot was 40 by 80. Um, I bought like 55 of them at a sheriff sale. I bought some of them for $40, some as much as $120, spent a total of like $17,000 to buy all these lots and had had a title search done, but didn't buy title insurance because I was 18 and didn't know any better. And an attorney told, attorney told me they never miss anything anymore. They're really thorough these days. And four years later, as I was getting ready to graduate from Toledo, I found out that there was a lien that got missed when the title search was done for $486,000. Ooh. So I was going to lose all my land. So I out to find out what idiot would have ever loaned a half a million dollars on these empty lots in South Shore Park, some of which are on paper streets and you can't even get to except to walk through the woods to get back there and get to them. And uh, a company that no longer exists because uh, they sold out two years ago, NOIC or the Northern Ohio Investment Company had been building houses uh, with a gentleman who went out of business. And the last few houses that sold had that credit line plus the empty lots 
somehow the credit line didn't get properly paid down. He defaulted and filed bankruptcy. This is like in the 80s when the, when the first crisis hit and the lien sat there all the time. So had I bought title insurance, would have owned them clear to this day. Instead, I had to give them back to NOIC. And in the process of talking to those guys, they said, what are you going to school for? I said, economics. And they said, you'd make a great loan officer. So I had no intention of ever getting in this career. So basically I worked for them as an indentured servant for 25 years. That's the story we told everybody to work off my half a million dollar debt. But uh, no, they, they recruited me and hired me and I've been doing it ever since and absolutely love it. Awesome. Wow. That's great. So in your, where's your office at specifically? So we have two. We have one on Monroe Street in Savannah, right next to Kotobuki in the promenade shops. And then we have a second one where Louisville title used to be in Arrowhead and Maumee. Um, we've grown so much in the last two years, we don't have enough space in one spot. Uh, it made a lot of sense for us to have a Maumee location. So we have two locations locally. Okay. And how many people kind of work? Because you're the branch manager, right? Yes. So we have a group of seven loan officers and we have nine support staff. Um, so there's 16 full-time employees. Um, we plan to grow that a little more this year and then we'll kind of t evaluate how the market changes and see whether we want to expand from there. So it, one of the interesting elements that I believe, if I understand it correctly, is you guys kind of like my job. Like I've been told as a financial guy, like oh, you'll be replaced by computers you know, the, the online, like nobody wants to pay for trades anymore, all those things. But, but I found that's actually quite the opposite. Like people really love the idea of somebody that's been through this. I mean, I think we've managed like over a thousand households. So I've been through this process so many times and people really like having somebody that's been through that and can walk them through that and kind of hold their hand. Would you agree to that? I a thousand percent. You know, I think our industry like yours, if you'd have told us 10 years ago that there would be less done digitally. Now there is more interaction digitally like we're doing today. More documents are traded digitally, but the actual pick up the phone, talk to a human being, meet with them at a closing, go over the documents, create that sense of calm. I think it's more valuable today because so much of what we do isn't done that way. And exactly like in your business, I mean, you're, you're handling people's future and I'm handling the largest debt they'll probably have in the present. And to me, those are things people don't take lightly. They want to know the person that's helping them and they want advice from somebody that has been through the ringer. Yeah. Well, and just your starting story with like just something not getting done correctly is the perfect, perfect example of why you need somebody to give you some guidance on these things. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a really big deal. Yeah, it's the biggest, the biggest debt that most people ever carry in their life. And the process of finding that house and that excitement could really get poo-pooed pretty quick if something went awry because they thought they were going to kind of do it themselves on some of these things, you know? Well, it, it, it's just like, you know, trying to date online or trying to find a house online or similar experiences. You know, nobody ever puts the pictures or the ugly parts of the house on the computer. Nobody shows you what the neighboring property looks like. Nobody shows you. The, so we work very closely in partnership with local realtors in all the markets we do business in. And, you know, they're the eyes and ears on the ground with those consumers, but they're sharing concerns about that house with us all the time. The consumer sharing concerns about the house. And then we try and match financing according to what's actually going on. It, you know, it's, it, it's easy to get somebody pre-approved. It's hard to get them pre-approved for the right thing for them and the right thing for that property they want. 
Right. Well, and the pre-approval process is a much more important piece now, right? Like that's, that's a really big deal sometimes to even see the houses. Oh, I can tell you as competitive as the market is right now, if you don't have a fully vetted, meaning you've turned in pay stubs, you turn in bank statements, all your stuff's been reviewed. If you don't have a fully vetted pre-approval, you're not even in the game for 99% of the houses that are for sale. You know, the, it, I tell people all the time, the good stuff sells in a day or two. The, the junk sits there all the time. The people see stuff that say, in fact, I tell first time buyers all the time, when you start out your, your search, realize that somebody else already passed on everything that's there. When you start your search, you're basically walking into all the things that have already been passed on. Somebody else already looked at it and said, I don't like the price. I don't like the location. I don't like the floor plan. I don't like the condition, whatever else. So you should expect when you start out, it's, it's tough, but it's amazing once they get that understanding, then when the right new one comes along, it's almost like circling vultures, right? They're just waiting and they drop down and scoop it right up. And, and to make that happen, you have to have that fully vetted pre-approval. And most of what you guys are doing is the, the home purchases, right? Like that's, that's actually your bread and butter is working with those realtors and working with the people that are in the process of doing something new, not necessarily just refinancing what they already have. Our focus is to refinance mostly our local clients that we've already dealt with in the past. We're not out there on the phone. We're not cold calling for refinances. Um, it's not that we don't enjoy them. You know, it's like a wonderful dessert after a great meal. It's some extra revenue. It's extra business. Um, you want to take care of those customers with rates where they are but we're 80% we're purchase. So 80% of our volume is purchase driven. And that's really where our focus is. Um, you know, I, I, as I was mentioning the, a week ago Saturday, I could have been on the phone cold calling for refinances. And instead I was on the phone pre-approving people that had had issues or whatever else. That's really where we build our businesses from the ground up based on helping local families buy houses. And well, you mentioned interest rates. So that's obviously that's, you know, a pretty big, pretty big topic. If you're watching the news at all, um, how does that impact your business? It's it, it's hard to me because you know, as much as we all talk about how low they are, we've now since the meltdown bounced around at these levels a little a little above these levels for almost a decade now, and I think. You know, I'm sure you read some of the same demographic things that I do, Dan, and there are a whole lot of boomers that have got to liquidate assets that you've put under management for them that are going to put a lid on inflationary pressure for an extended period of time, I believe. I, I Even with this stimulus, I truly believe we've there's a cap on inflation. So one of the things that I find is the minute rates go down, people sort of hit the, oh my gosh, I got to do it right this second button. In fact, that broke the system. Uh, a funny side story is the uh, bond market, which finances houses, when they first dipped, when the virus, before we were all on lockdown, so like two weeks before all the badness happened, literally the bond market broke. The mortgage bond market, the MBS market that supplies credit through Fannie, Freddie, the GSEs, Ginny Mae, there was such a high demand that the market shut down. It crashed. And all of a sudden, in a week and a half, rates went from generational lows. So three and an eighth. Well, so I lock some threes on the 30 year fixed. We lock some two and a half, two and five eighths on 15 year fixed. So I'm talking, I'd, I'd never done that before. I, I was laughing going, I just set a new record. And two days later, we were in the fours on both products because the markets literally melted down. You couldn't get money. And then the Fed had to jump in and the treasury jumped in and then it got weird for about three weeks. 
And now they kind of have figured out how to handle the refinance volume off on the side. And now volume has normalized at a new high level because of the refinances, but the purchase market is back to normal. It's, it's, it's other than jumbo loans and some portfolio products, it's completely back to normal functioning. So obviously there was a pretty big day in, in mid-March where Ohio was told, Hey, we're going to, essential businesses only we're gonna we're gonna you know try and keep everybody safe social distancing all that stuff when you got that notice i guess what was what were the reactions and things that you had to adjust with and change in the way you're doing business you know it would we do a lot digitally at the outset anyways. People scan their pay stubs to us. We don't make as many copies as we used to. We don't have big fat files like I did 15 years ago or 20 years ago. I mean, all the system, all the documents are stored electronically now in an encrypted server. So it, it was a tweak. What we found is it was very hard on our customers and the level of uncertainty on our customers exploded. And then we've figured out very quickly what was going to happen next. And that's that you may have a purchase transaction where that individual is the manager at a restaurant and you don't have a job and you're trying to close them in two weeks. And now you have to break the news to him that since he doesn't have a job, he can't perform on his contract. So we've really had to ramp up our communication about if something's coming on, um, you know, and you, we think it, 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 oh, it would only affect a certain, you know, restaurant workers right away. No, we found out we had to, move a closing and we had to restructure a transaction dramatically because husband and wife are buying and she's an outpatient surgical nurse. She got furloughed. I mean, I could name you all the different ripple drive delivery drivers who deliver for something to businesses that aren't open anymore. Retail workers. I mean, I, it, it started, it was like, you know, that wave that goes around a pond and it's a small pond and it keeps coming back and forth and you think it's all emanating from the center and it, it was bizarre, but the hardest part for us was walking the customers through the transition and the concerns that they have about their employment because, and it's still happening today. I mean, I, I have somebody, I got a call when we hang up that got notice this morning, they have a 30% pay cut that starts Friday and they're wondering, do they still qualify? Can they still buy the house? You know, their house is under contract to sell. They're buying another house. And we've got to look at the numbers and see whether the transaction still works with a 30% pay cut. And you know, that's, we're having those conversations three or four times a day. And Dan, I can tell you last year, I probably had it five times for the year wow. or something that happened in process. And it's happening multiple times a day that we have to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm seeing the same thing. I mean, you, you, at first you think about who this affects and then as you start speaking, to more and more people, you realize it affects everybody. Like there's not like people that you thought, whether, you know, we oftentimes think small business owners are wealthy. Well, it's a cash flow game. And whether it's a restaurant or um, a laundromat or, you know, anything, everything's very different, but they all have different elements. I mean, one of my good friends is a surgeon. Everything's changed for him. Like, Nobody's doing surgery. Nobody wants to go to the hospital. <laughs> like nobody wants to go to the, I don't want to go to the hospital. I think that's where sick people are. And that's where sick people with, with the virus are. And so um, if I can stay away from that, so a lot of elective surgeries and all that stuff, you know, those things are, and how elective are some of the surgeries? I mean, 
elective surgery on your heart, it doesn't feel very elective. But uh, if you don't do it in time, you know, that, that too is a problem, obviously. So um, one of the other things I saw on your resume that I don't know a ton about, and I'd like to like to kind of pick your brain because I've had some clients do the reverse mortgages. So you, you guys dabble in that at least a bit, don't you? So, so I, I want to admit, I was, I have been historically one of the great skeptics of reverse mortgages and what they can accomplish. And about five years ago, HUD on their HECM program fundamentally changed it. Now a spouse has to be included in the calculation. So if only one's on the loan, the other, the other spouse is included in the loan to value and the equity position calculations, and neither of them can ever be forced out if the other passes. So that was a tremendous change from the initial program. It, it took me a while to get the idea that equity in your house is really worthless when you're still alive, right? You can't touch it. You can't feel it. You can't spend it. And the second part is, and, and I'm sure you see this in your business, we're seeing more and more people entering retirement with some pretty hefty mortgages still. So, so there are two parts to the reverse that I found interesting. One is you can stop making payments. You have to pay your tax insurance, but you don't have to make your mortgage payment anymore. Or you can open a credit line or you can do equity withdrawals. And that unused portion, if you don't tap it, grows over time. So it grows at the rate you would have paid. So if you have a $200,000 house today, you owe 40,000 and you open the $100,000 line, pay off your small mortgage and the other 60 sitting there, and let's say the rate's 4%, that $60,000 grows at 4% to be used at some future time. And where we really see it, and I'm sure you see these shocks in your business, are when you have two couples, both of whom have pensions or social security or what have you, but then one passes and all of a sudden the financial picture changes by half or 40% or whatever that contribution was. And the rebalancing is very, very traumatic. And a reverse is an absolutely great tool to either stop paying or turn that equity into usable assets. It can't be closed once you get it open. So, you know, you know, we talk about the ramifications of the virus. I can't tell you how many customers I've had call me because they're in a panic because their equity lines got shut down because the bank closed the equity line down because banks are worried about what might happen in the panic. Well, that doesn't happen in a reverse. That, that line of credit's there forever and it continues to grow. So it's an absolutely awesome tool for the right person. And what took me a long time to get my arms around is it's not really for people that have to have it. It's for people that want to plan around it and want to use. So, so, you know, I want to ask you a question, you know, you, you probably use the rule of four or was it the rule of three that you used to use for how much you could, what, what, what was yours? Well, we would use, so we've, I mean, I've been doing this since the nineties myself. So we, we've, we've seen numbers when I started back in the New England financial days. I mean, we were like saying, Oh, well, if we just made 7%, you know, we could do, this is what we could do. And then it gradually went down to five and four. And, you know, now it, if you really want to be safe, it's three, but certain scenarios with different products, they could promise you a little more than that. But yeah, it's, it's uh, interest rates obviously have changed an awful lot over the last 20, 30 years, right? And that has a big impact on how safe somebody's money is and, and making sure that they don't uh, outlive it. Well, and that's, that's part of what we're talking about. I'm working with a client right now. We're opening one. You know, they had, they retired two years ago, had over a million and a half dollars. It's now down below a million because they were still pretty aggressive on the curve. 
And one of the things we're doing is helping them with this so that for the next year or two, they can live off the reverse money, that equity, that credit line money, so they don't have to start drawing as much out of the assets they have under management at the time where they're down. Because, you know, that rule of three gets even worse when you start drawing larger sums. It's a multiplier. It's a killer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, it, so this is, to me, it, it, it's, almost, it's almost a synergy tool where we can layer the you know, if you're, if you're making them a lot of money and the markets are good and everything's great and don't touch it, but boy, have, happy then. <laughs> have it sitting there in case this year happens or in case something else happens, because it's not going to go anywhere. And the sooner you get it open, the faster it goes, right? It, 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 it doesn't hurt you a bit to have it sitting there available to you. If you never touch it, you know, the only time you don't want to use it is if you're not sure this is the right I don't call it the final house, but pretty much this is the last house, right? This is not a product you want to use just because, and then sell the house in five years. This is a product you want to use, you know, when you're at that ranch home that you're going to be in until you can't be home. You know, the other, I forgot to mention this, the other change we've seen with the virus is how many older, older individuals want to plan for the rest of their lives. And they want to make sure that no part of that plan is a group facility. I've noticed an, a absolute skyrocketing in the number of people who have that conversation with me who are even in their fifties or early sixties who are saying, Marty, please let's talk about it. So we don't ever have to be where those individuals are who are most at risk right now. Yeah. I I'm seeing a lot of that. And it's even, even to the point, which I found this most interesting, even to the point of people realizing with the isolation that they have, who they want to be spending time with, which is unrelated on some level to our conversation, but um, it does tie in with, with the planning process because now people that I'm talking to are talking about like, Hey, I don't think I want to work the way I, I was working. And I want to, this is, these are the things I want to do in the, the punch list or, you know, to do list of things they want to do and the way they want to live has become very important. And they're realizing that maybe some of the people that they know don't have the same financial capacity. So they might leave them in the dust. Like they might have to go find new friends, you know, which is, which is interesting. And this is the type of tool that I think could be at least, you know, valuable to have in the, in the tool belt, so to speak. Let me give you a great story. It hasn't happened yet, but this is their plan. And if it, if it happens the way we think it is. So I, I have a couple of, you know, again, they don't need a reverse, but, and they've got lots of assets, and they're selling the family home, the big family, you know, the big house, mm -hmm. downsized to a villa, you know, all ranch villa. But they also want to buy a cottage up in the Irish Hills area. It's, it's really the plan is to buy a cottage up there. So they're going to take, so that at their age, they can put about half down and never have a mortgage payment again on the house down here. So all I got to do is pay the tax insurance with half down. And what that allows them to do is put half down here, never have a payment. Don't worry about that one. Let that, you know, when that one's gone, get, sell it and move on because the kids won't want to be there anyways because it's not in a community that the kids want to be in. But they're going to then pay cash and put in a trust, that vacation home in Michigan, because now they have enough money between the two transactions to pay cash for that one up there. And the legacy to the kids will be the vacation home. And they still don't have a payment down here. And there would not have been enough money to make all that happen. And he said to me as recently as Friday, said, Marty, this is like my dream because now I don't have to worry financially and I get to enjoy that cottage when I'm still young enough because their plan was to save and save and save. And he's not quite retired. He's going to work some more and work and work and work. 
And he's like, the hell with it now. I'm not working Saturdays and Sundays. I'm not doing all this stuff. I'm going to the cottage now while I'm still young enough to enjoy it. You know, they're in their mid sixties and he's in, they're both in excellent health and the kids and the grandkids are young. And he's like, this is a tool that I don't have to think about that anymore. Yeah. That's awesome. Isn't that they're using the Oh, it's, you know, I have the most fun Dan with people that aren't in desperate times. Right. I don't, I love helping people that really need the help, but boy, what, when you said fun, that's exact. Cause that's not necessarily fun. Sometimes that's stressful, right? When you're helping somebody it's, Oh boy. But, but when you can help someone plan and manage assets and create a life different than they thought they could have and start enjoying it today. Oh my, I mean, every time I talk about that transaction with him, I, I hang up the phone and the smile hurts because it's it just, he's so pumped that when they get an acceptor offer on their house, this is the plan we're going to hit going forward. Oh yeah. Well, I think there's something about like, and in, in, when you're working with true professionals, you get that planning process but there's something about having a plan like there just is. And whether it's a financial plan for this or a plan for vacation or a plan, there's something about knowing what things are going to look like and having some clarity. I, I, I totally agree. Like I get my, some of my best things, I, like people come in and they act like I'm the hero. They've been saving their entire lives doing everything right. I come in at kind of the, the 11th hour, and put crunch the numbers and now they're like oh my god thank you you're the best like i'm like i i barely did anything you know but but when they see those things in writing and they can see how it would all play out like now all of a sudden the dream the thing they've dreamed about forever is reality and it's so it's a really cool part of the job that sounds like both of us kind of have in common and and that's neat well, you know, you mentioned a plan. So I have, I have a good friend who we were just about to finish his refinance and he was adamant to drop down to a 15 year. Wanted the house paid off at 65, 66, which is about when he plans on stopping working full time. And we actually looked at it very close and decided to let him do a 30, have him do a 30 year. Have the house paid down enough that he could do a reverse at 62 or 63 when, when they're, because he and his wife are the same age and take the difference between that and start investing it right now when the market's down and, and what that might look like even at a, you know, and you, you know the math better than I do. I'm sure you show people every day, but you know, he's got a 3% 30 year fixed rate mortgage and he could take the extra money that he's not paying off on that mortgage and invest it today. And when it compounds, let's say he gets four or 5% cause he's buying when the market's down. Let's say, let's say the market does kick back and let's say conservatively, but four or 5% compounded over the next 15 years, helping grow that retirement balance and then knowing that he can just stop having a payment on his mortgage in 12 or 13 years when that's over. We ran a comparison and it, it, it put him like $600,000 further ahead in 15 years. And you know, like you said, with a plan, I, I was blown away that I would ever tell somebody not to worry about, tell a 50 year old person not to crave paying their house off. And, and that's the cool part of planning is it was a weird sort of step plan where you said, your money's either going over here to invest or it's going over here to pay down your mortgage. And by the way, rates are at all, all time lows. I can't, right? You and I could not exaggerate that enough. You said the, the yields, you know, interest rates are so low, you're not making any money. Well, you're also not paying very much money. Right. Do you want to do that or you want to invest in great companies and, and, and try and hope you can get more than 3% over there? And you know, it took, it took like two days and he called me back and he said, you know, I still 
viscerally am having a hard time with this, but I've talked to four people and they said the math is flawless. You can't, you can't argue with it. So I, I got to do it. I mean, math wins. Well, and he's got a piece, there's a piece of it that we didn't really mention there, but by him doing it on a consistent basis, that dollar cost averaging. So imagine we're not at the low, like imagine that once this unemployment sets in, we see that get even worse and the market gets worse and you're buying more stuff next month and the next month and the next month because of that difference in the mortgage that, that, that it, the math does win. It's, it's pretty neat, you know, assuming that this thing comes out, which we all, you know, America ends up on top so that we just have to believe that's going to happen again. Right. We're, we're going to get through this. I, it's, it's not going to be as quick as everyone wants it to be, but we're going to get through this. And, you know, things will have changed on the back. Industries will have adjusted. You know, you, you mentioned changes. We were going to lease some extra space and we're just going to have four people work at home now because they're actually more productive working at home than they are coming to the office. And if you had told me that six weeks ago, I'd have told you you were crazy. I was wrong. Yeah. Now we're at least as much space. Now we have a 5,000 square foot building here. We have an office downtown Toledo, the one in Columbus, and we were talking about needing a bigger building. And now we're talking about the opposite. <laughs> you know, do we really even need, we should rework the space so it's better, functionally better for the way we're going to do business going forward because things have changed significantly for, for the way we're doing business. We, we've been, we're considered essential, so kind of open, but you know, I have my, primary some of my primary people step foot in the office i think once in the last three weeks which is inconceivable really yeah, we're about 50, we're about 50 50 working you know I, I live three minutes from the office i i can come in here i got you know three screens two printers i you know i i'm i'm just more functional when i'm in here because of i, I don't know I, I have the attention span of a gnat so if i'm home and a bird flies by it's it's trouble for me when I come in here, I can be hyper, you know, this is my workspace. I'm hyper productive, but it's the same thing. We're about half, half capacity and, you know, same as you, we're essential, but you know, we're not meeting with customers. They're not coming in in person. I mean, we're, we've scaled it way back with that and, and it's been fine. Um, you know, you talk to people out on the phone, you do what we're doing now. You do zoom meetings or what have you, and you, you communicate. And, uh, you know, I think the speaker on my speakerphone will be broken by the end of this whole thing. Cause it will, from use, you know, instead of people sitting across the desk. Yeah, that's good though. So before we uh, cut off, is there anything else we should know about? Anything we sh anything I missed? Yeah. Um, I, I want to touch on what I consider a tough topic, and it's the whole grand scheme of all the people who are being um, tempted to or entering into forbearance. And, you know, it's this big national phenomenon, part of the CARES Act, it's now almost 15% of all mortgages are either talking about or already in forbearance. I'm not opposed to forbearance. I understand it's immediate help for people that need it, but you have to be extraordinarily careful if you're going to do that. And you need to talk to a couple people and you need to get in writing the proposal at the end. Some of them are three months. And at the end of the three months, you write a check, your fourth month payment and the three months you skipped. Well, if you've been impacted by this, what are the chances you're going to have 10 grand laying around at the end of this to catch it all up? You do the six months, it's six months of that plus a payment. Some of them are three months. And then, so if you have a thousand dollar payment, you miss it for three months, you have to pay it back over the next six months. So now your thousand dollar payment goes up to 1500 again. And if you've been in an impacted business, you probably are having to rob Peter to pay Paul and a whole bunch of areas. And Oh, by the way, under the current, and I stress that because I think Congress is going to force some changes 
Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, and VA guidelines, if you enter forbearance, even though it does not impact your credit report, meaning negatively report on your credit, that's considered a derogatory event, and you cannot buy or refinance for one year after you are done with the forbearance. One year. So if you go into a six month, it's 18 months out is the next time you could buy or refinance. So if you've got a four and a half percent note that you're gonna put in forbearance, and then you wanna take advantage of these great rates and refinance, as it stands today, you cannot do that. That is not being communicated out there. And again, I don't wanna end on a bad note. I would just say- oh, that's a good note. Cautionary tale to people. They need to talk to someone before they do it. They need to make sure they get in writing from their servicer, the person who collects their payments, exactly what it's going to look like at the end. And, and I'm sure you've had many clients about the SBA loans where it's like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. I don't think anybody knows exactly what the rules are really. I mean, I, that, that feels like standing on a surfboard in, in a wavy ocean to me, right? I mean, just the things moving. Well, forbearance is kind of like that. So all I would say is I understand you have to use it sometime. I understand there are people that have no choice. I get that but no going in what you're getting yourself into because otherwise coming out the back, it may look a lot different than what you thought you were doing. And I just don't want people to have that anguish when they didn't realize what was happening. Right. That's great. That's a really good topic. I'm glad you brought that up. That's good. That's good. So, well, thanks for your time, Marty. Really Thank you so much it. for having me. Fantastic. Always a pleasure. And uh, hopefully we can get together and talk in person sometime soon. Oh, I, I, Absolutely. I, I'm look, I, I am normally not the person that craves, you know, sitting around with people and I cannot wait to open the back patio up this summer and get people back over there like, like every other year. Yeah, it's going to be great. Awesome. Thanks, Marty. Have a great rest of your Thank day. You. Thank you. You too. Products and services using the following business names: Creative Financial Partners, Insurance and Financial Services, Ameritas Investment Company, LCAIC, Member FINRA, SIPC, Security Investments, Ameritas Advisory Services, AAS Investment Advisory Services, SC and AAS are not affiliated with Creative Financial Partners. Products and services are limited to residents of states where the representative is registered. This is not for securities in any jurisdiction, nor is specifically directed to a resident of any jurisdiction. As with any security, request a prospectus from your representative. Read carefully before you invest or send money. A representative will contact you to provide request information. Representative of AAC and AAS do not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney regarding the situation. Whew. Thanks for watching.